Good morning, church. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Um, as we were praying just right now, just up here, I feel like this morning is all about surrender. That we've come to the house of the Lord this morning to press in to his presence in worship, in prayer, in the word. Um, and I believe that this morning is a morning of surrender. Uh, and he's a, it's a call. There's a call this morning to surrender things unto him because he has things that he wants to pour into you. Um, particularly grief. I feel like there... There needs to be a surrender of grief this morning. Um, that there's hopes and there's dreams and there, were, there was joy that was lost and that it needs to be surrendered to the Lord this morning because I believe there's comfort and there's new hope this morning that he has for us, his people. So let's worship the Lord this morning. Amen. Uh, stand with me. It's a word from the Lord today, so I'm just excited that, one, it's difficult sometimes to surrender things, is it not? Think of uh, two, two armies who are at battle, the one who surrenders doesn't really want to surrender, but the Lord is calling us to surrender today, to surrender those things, especially grief, as Pastor Liz said. So we're not here to make it easy on you. God's goal is whole for us, and a lot of times that's difficult to walk through. But I just want to encourage you today, he's got a plan and he's got a purpose for each and every one of us. So we're going to worship him this morning. We're going to just come before him with praise and thanksgiving and just enjoying his presence as he does what only he can do. So I'm going to read out Psalm 100. It says this. I'll actually read the whole psalm. It's short. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So Lord, we come before you today. We worship you. We lift our voices to you. We lift our hands to you, our hearts to you today. Have your way in this place. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we come to the table of communion to partake together as a church family, uh, the elements on the center are gluten-free, and what you all do is you come down the aisle straight at the table, and you pick up your elements, and you circle back around to your seats, and you hold on to your elements so that uh, we can all partake of them together. Um, before we do that, man, that song, when it says, let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. So that speaks to me because I'm a fiery person. And all the fire that's in me was for nothing until he became the fire in me. 
So my encouragement to you this morning, church, is as you come to the table, come as you are. Come as you are. And as you partake of the body and the blood of Christ, surrender to him all that you are so that he can become that in you that he created you to be. Because you may not have been created to be fiery because heaven forbid we all be fiery. That would be a wildfire. We don't need all of us to be fiery. If you're a creative, is he the echo of your days? Our days are meaningless if they don't echo Jesus. If I don't echo Jesus to my children, then what, is, what am I doing? What is it for? If my home doesn't echo Jesus, if your home is in chaos and disorder, let me tell you, there's no condemnation. But speak order into your home because he is the God of order. I don't know who that's for. but he has called for order in your home. Church, let our lives be, let him be the echo of our days, of our lives, so that they mean something, something eternal and something forever. It looks so much different than what the world values. And it's so often in the secret. It's so often in the secret places of suffering and of surrender that the power of the Holy Spirit comes and does a work in us so that he can then minister through us, church, as his church. All right, I release you. Come down, receive your elements, take your elements, and then Pastor Jason will come up and we'll take communion together. Guys, as we open the service, Pastor Liz said that there was a sense today, you know, sometimes we have words over the service, a general theme. And she asked me when we were up here, she's like, do you have anything? And I was like, nope. And she's like, well, that's good because I got it today. And it was surrender. It was surrender. And there was this sense of if you were grieving something, you're grieving a loss Grieving a, a loss of a hope, a loss of a loved one, loss of anything. We grieve for many different reasons. We believe that the Lord was saying, surrender that to him today. And as we take and partake of communion, I want us to take a moment before we do that to surrender that thing to him. And know because his body broken, his blood shed, He paved the way for the forgiveness of our sins and for that healing that can only come from Him. The healing of grief, the healing of those deep wounds, challenges, hopes lost. Just take a moment this morning before we partake. There's a word from the prayer ladies this morning. Can we be specific today? Don't just say, Lord, I just need you to help me. I want you to be specific in your prayer. Call it out. Name it out. Use names. Use specifics. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Let's ask this morning specifically and surrender it to him.
praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come before you. Jesus, we thank you. for the cross, for your death, your resurrection, your sacrifice for me, for us, for all of humanity. Lord, this morning, we're surrendering all to you. We just surrender it to you this morning. And we remember the price that you paid on the cross for us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, he took bread, and we had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body that's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, brother. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship. If that word was for you, if you walked in here today knowing the Lord was asking you to surrender something and you were in the process of surrendering that, I encourage you to come up front this morning as we worship Him and just surrender it to Him. Lay it down before Him and say, Lord, this is yours. I give it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. As we sing, um, you know, we'll make room for you to do whatever you want to. There's something the Lord wants to do, and he just wants to love you. He just wants to love us, church. Have you ever tried to love on a child who won't stand still? They run all over the place. They just won't stand still. You've got this good thing for them, and they won't settle down. They won't come to you. You end up chasing them around trying to wrestle the magic marker out of their hand. And the whole interaction started because you just wanted to love on them. You wanted to cuddle them. You wanted to meet their need. But they were just busy doing their thing. And the Lord just wants to love you. He's not interested in all the things that you think commend yourself to him. That's religion. What he wants most is for you to lean into his love first every day. First every day. Worship is great and studying the word is great and doing those things is great. But if it doesn't propel us into his love and into his presence and into who he is, then it's just religion. So know that. If you're far from God but you're reading your Bible every day, there's, you're missing something. That's not what it's about. So church, I encourage you 
this morning, as you've come up and you've surrendered to the Lord, receive his love. And let your prayer each morning just be, Lord, I receive the love of the Father. I am yours as I am. And I trust you with this day. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's enough. You begin to receive his love right where you are. You will feel his heart swell because it's what he wants most. It's just what he wants most. It's why he sent Jesus. You will feel his heart swell and you will have made space and room for him to show up like a lion in your situation. When we lean into his love, we, that is how we make space and how we make room is when we sit our own selves down into him and let him do the work. When we surrender our striving and our trying to do everything just so, you know when you do that, when you strive, what you're doing is you're trying to justify love so that you can control it. Because if you feel like I've earned this, then you feel like you can get love whenever you need it by getting it done, by doing something good, by serving, by doing ministry, by earning. And it's just your attempt to control love, which is free, which is in the morning before you've done anything. You are fully loved before you've even gotten out of bed. And it requires that you trust him that you release control and that you just trust him and his love instead of trusting in those good feelings you get by earning love, which was free in the first place. So if you wonder why you're so tired and weary in the trying, it's because it's futile. So lay it down this morning. And I know that for some of you, you've um, surrendered this morning. You've surrendered some things, and I feel like the Lord would say, I am seeking to make you whole, to make you whole. And that which you think will make you whole is not the thing. You think it's this thing that will make you whole. If I just this, then I would be whole. And the Lord would say, let me make you whole. It is not that thing. But come to me because I am the great I am and I long to make you whole in me, says the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Guys, before, we're going to release everybody in a minute, but I just feel led to pray for all the children today. We did this a couple weeks ago, but School is starting this week, and I honestly, I just want to pray a blessing over these children. So kids, if you're going to any grade all the way up through high school, I just want you to come up front here this morning. Come on up before we release you. Come on. It's okay. up front here. Come on up. Isn't it funny how meek and mild they get? Yeah. Like, you could bottle some of that and give it to them at home sometimes. 
little meekness. Mm, what a beautiful sight, huh? I know there's a lot in the nursery this morning, too, so we're going to, I just ask that each, all of us, just stretch your hands out to these kids. The school's starting this week for a lot of them, or even next week. Just want to pray a blessing over them. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these children. Thank you, Lord, for every family represented here. Father God, we just pray a blessing over them this school year. We pray for your favor, your mercy, your goodness, that they would grow in the knowledge of you this year, Lord. That one year from now when we look back, they will be completely different and changed because they know you more. Father, I thank you for their hearts, each of them, their heart to seek you and to know you. And Father, I just ask that you meet them right where they are. Lord, that you would put a hedge of protection and safety around them. That no weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that they will be light in this dark world. That they will be joy and hope. And we just speak the word over them. It says in number six, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them, says the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay. Guys, you can go back to your parents. Parents, I encourage you to pray over your kids. I encourage you to release them. I encourage you over and over and over to release your children into the Lord's care. Um... Every time you feel yourself gripping onto them tightly, pray a prayer of surrender and release. Release them into his care. Remind him, God, they belong to you. You see what's going on here? You see what that girl just said to me? She belongs to you, Lord. What should be done? Because in his hands, their future is secure. More so than when my kids are in my hands. That's right. That's the truth. When, when my kids are in my hands, their future is un, uncertain. <laughs> Especially if I'm mad. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to take our time to uh, just greet one another and, and take a few minutes. Um, if you're new here, if you're a guest, uh, we welcome you. On the back of the seat is a connection card. Uh, on that connection card, church, you know, you can put your praise reports. You can put your prayer requests uh, your testimonies. If you are new, you could put your email address, and uh, we have a welcome email and um, just information for you if you want to connect. Uh, those connection cards would come up in the offering buckets, which will be up front here during the break. You can also bring your tithes and your offerings up uh, during the break. Um, nursery is open. Family room is open. 
uh, Littles Ministry, that's ages four, five, and six, that is open and thriving, in case y'all wanted to know. Um, uh, And then we also have Kid Corner, ECF Kids, you know the drill, you know your bag. If you're a guest and you have a child who's going to sit in service with you, you can head over to the Kid Corner and we have some things for them to play with during service. So let's greet one another, take a few minutes, and then we'll come back together. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. We missed you guys last week. We were, uh, we had the blessed, blessed opportunity to go minister at another One Focus Network church uh, last Sunday. And I know you were good hand, in, good, in good hands with Pastor Andy uh, here. I know he did a great job. Uh, a lot of great feedback from uh, last week's service for sure. Uh, but we just had a great time. We were in Herkimer, New York. And we got to minister to a, a church, you know, similar size as ours. Uh, and just, we just love visiting other churches sometimes, too, and just to see things. And they're in a, they're in a building uh, which was gifted to them. Uh, the building was gifted to them. It was an old, maybe, I don't know if it was, what denomination it was, but it was a very, very small church, only a handful of people there. And they donated, they gifted the building to this growing church it's called River Valley Church in the middle of New York, seemingly in the middle of nowhere, uh, in Herkimer, New York, but in the Finger Lake area. And it was just a wonderful time. We got to minister there uh, and really see God move mightily there. And I know God was moving mightily here as well. So we're just very happy. We missed you guys, of course, but it was great uh, to be out uh, and seeing what the Lord's doing in other places. And then I would also say, guys, you remember the word from the Lord early, I don't know if it was probably early June, it was, this is going to be a summer of miracles. How many of you, by show of hands, both big and small, have seen God do a miracle in your life this summer? Come on, look at the hands. Just look around for a second. Look at the hands of what God is doing in people's lives. Can we give him a hand for that? Give God a hand. And I was talking with uh, Becky, and we were just like, we we were talking on the phone this week, and it was just like, well, when is summer technically over? <laughs> if this is a summer of miracles, well, my calendar, it doesn't say until like September 20th something. So even though the kids are going back to school this week, I am not saying summer is over yet because I'm still believing for more miracles. And in fact, what we had decided is, as we were talking about, hey, God's miracle power never stops working because of a calendar date or because of a season change. So we're going to continue to believe that God is moving and doing miracles. Uh, And over this past summer, we have seen deliverances happen. Come on, church. We have seen people be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I mean, I'm talking about spiritual miracles, not just physical healings, not just you know, financial things changing. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm, God moving and working and demons fleeing at the name of Jesus. The Bible says when you rebuke the devil, he must what? Flee in Jesus' name. And that word flee means like I'm out of here quickly. It's like when you watch a cartoon, you know, like Tom and Jerry or some old cartoon, and someone starts running. They are like, it, they're, he's kicking up dust and dirt as his legs are going so fast to try to get out of there because he wants nothing to do with Jesus. Because Jesus is our king, Jesus is our warrior, and he is our victory. Amen? So we're seeing miracles, and we're just super happy for that uh, as God is moving and working. And then before I pray over our offering, I just want to highlight, you know, once in a while we talk about certain missionaries or organizations that we support, and one of those is the City Mission. 
And I want you to know a team from our church this morning, led by Camille uh, and others, is actually serving at the City Mission this morning. Uh, And so I want to pray for them, uh, and I just want to make sure we understand, as a church, we support them uh, financially every month, and then also in serving there uh, at least once a month, usually the last Wednesday of the month, we support the lunch there, and then once a quarter, we support on a Sunday morning, so four times a year, a group of people from our church go down there and minister, share the gospel, serve breakfast, and really minister to people who are lost, homeless, hurting, and we're just going to believe and pray this morning for salvations, uh, amen, that are happening there. So the, the scripture verse I have is out of Philippians 4, 19, this is over our offering here, it says, and my God, come on church, everybody say my God, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I stand on this verse week after week after week. He's my God, I'm trusting him, and it's his supply. It's not my supply. You know, just even this past week, I was thinking, you know, I'm bivocational, I'm working at two different jobs, and we're having some cost challenges at this other job, and I'm starting to think to myself, like, oh my goodness, what if I don't have this other job? And the Lord was just like, hold on a second. Hold on, I have put you there for a reason. I have given you prophetic reasons why you are there. You are there for more than just a paycheck. You are there to minister in that place, to bring life into that place. And as I was saying, that was on Tuesday. On Tuesday afternoon, we're like somebody, I was literally in a meeting. And we were like, I don't understand what's going on. Nothing seems to be working out. And the one, the one lady said, I actually think this place might be possessed in some way, shape, or form. Like, I think someone practiced witchcraft here in the past, and there's something going on in this building. And simultaneously, everybody in the room looked at me. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. They all turned and looked at me, and I was just like, and that's why I'm here. Because <laughs> they all know that I'm a pastor as well. And they're just like, can you do something about that? And I was like, you're darn right I can do something about that. In fact, I got some anointing oil right here in my pocket, you know? And it was just like, let's go. And so they're like, all right, you go pray. And so I did. I, you know, I've been praying for the, not right there in the meeting. I was like, okay, I'm going to go pray for this building. And I just, it's interesting. So wherever we are, we don't realize it though. People know. People can see it and sense that you're a believer and that you've accepted you. And there's something different about you and they want to know. And when they don't know what to do, when they don't know where to turn and they know the world doesn't have the answers, they know that God does. Deep down inside, they all have a whole, they all, they all know. They all know. And we're ministers of the gospel wherever we go. And so I just found that, it's just amazing. Like, you know, it was just, they all literally, it was like, there was six of them in the room. And they all were like, I mean, I haven't talked about, you know, demons or witchcraft. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't go around saying, hey guys, does anybody need a demon cast out of you? Because, you know, from noon to one, I'll be in my office and I can lay hands on you, and we can see the demons flee. Like, I'm not doing that at, at work, but they all just knew, because we carry a presence with us that's of the Lord, and he's the one who has the power. Amen. Verse 20, I don't know where all that came from. Wow. Okay, verse 20, and now our God, and now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Yeah, it doesn't, it seals the verse before it. He shall supply all my needs according to his riches, and then we praise and we worship him. Amen? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. Father, first of all, we lift up uh, those who are serving at the city mission today. Father, we thank you for that organization that are meeting practical and spiritual needs in our community. Father, we just ask you continue to release the funds and the volunteers to have that place thrive and make an impact, not just in downtown Erie, but in all the places that they reach and all the, all the different uh, divisions of their ministry that they have. So, Father, we pray a blessing on them. We pray a blessing over our team that's down there. Lord, that by the Holy Spirit, the moment they open their mouths, Lord, that you will speak through them. You will deliver the words to each individual person, even as they're serving food, that there's a word for persons and person and this person and that person, Lord, and that many will come to know you this day. Bible, by the word says, Lord, in the Bible, that today is the day of salvation. And so, Lord, we ask that you touch people's hearts today and in our service as well. Lord, that you would open our ears to hear and our eyes to see more of you. And we thank you, Lord, that you supply all of our needs, that you are a provider. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4. We are starting a new series. We are starting a new, we did, so the past two series that we did, they were long ones, and it's okay. The Lord has been encouraging me to do longer series. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing, and that they only have four-week series, and you can do a longer one. That was the Lord, you know, ministering to me. And so we did the Believer's Authority last year and then into the beginning of this year, and I feel like, including myself, we all kind of had like this doctorate degree of the Believer's Authority, like we really understand this after spending month after month on it. And then we moved to the Attributes of God. How many of you, I, I mean, I personally enjoy, how many of you feel like coming out of that series, you have a better understanding of who God is? Yeah. I mean, just a better understanding of who he is and his attributes and what to attribute to him and then what not to attribute to him, which would be sickness and disease and death and all the things that are from the world and from the enemy. And so those the last two things that we did were uh, topics. It was a topic, and then we looked at different places in the Bible, and I really feel like the Lord asking us to go through a, a passage of Scripture, verse by verse, week after week, and so we're going to go through the Sermon on the Mount, and we are not going to skip any verses, because how many of you know, sometimes in the Bible, you like read a verse, and you're just like, Ugh. I don't really understand that. I don't really want to research that. doesn't feel good right now at the moment, so I'm just going to let that go. We're not going to skip anything. We're going to go right through the whole Sermon on the Mount. And we've done series in the past where we've done like books of the Bible, but it's just like a little bit of here and there, a section at a time. So we're going to do the whole Sermon on the Mount. And today is going to be an introduction to that. And so I'm not going to start in Matthew chapter 5, which is where the Sermon on the Mount starts. But we're going to back up just a little bit to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to look at that. And the question I have, so if you were to read the Sermon on, I know, how many enjoyed Pastor Andy reading the book of Ruth, uh, was it the book of Ruth last week? How many enjoyed that? Isn't that neat? I mean, the Bible talks about reading the word, you know, when we assemble together, and yet many a times we don't do that. So we're going we're gonna to do that, and we're going to do it verse by verse a little bit at a time, and we're going to really dig in and understanding that. But this Sermon on the Mount can be read in like 12 minutes, 12 minutes. 
And if you read some of the background and some of what the scholars had said, you know, they don't think that Jesus, like, got up and just said, like, those, it wasn't, like, verbatim, those 12 minutes and then it was over. Uh, but it was over the course of a couple days, potentially. And I don't know exactly, I wasn't there. The Bible doesn't say, and the Lord spoke for 12 minutes and here were his words, right? So we don't know exactly how it all played out. But I do know that is a very powerful powerful portion of scripture if I were to ask you a question this morning if you had to summarize Jesus's whole message into one sentence what would it be you don't you know you don't have to say it out loud just think about it for a minute if you were to summarize Jesus's entire message the reason for coming the reason for being what would it be some of us would say, well, it's, it's to love others. Maybe. He certainly came to show us love, to lay down his life. But was that his primary message on what he came to do? Some of you would say, well, it's the golden rule. I know they taught me that in school. I remember something about do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's why Jesus came. Eh, not necessarily. That was an outflow of why he came. You say, well, you know, maybe it's how to go to heaven, a relationship with God. Yeah, that's part of it. But I want to answer that this morning because it'll be the foundational framework for the entire Sermon on the Mount. It'll be the reason why we're looking at that passage of Scripture. And then everything we pull out of the Sermon on the Mount will reflect back to this statement as to why Jesus came. What was his primary purpose? His whole message wrapped up in a one sentence. What would it be? Matthew 4, starting in verse 12. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been, had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and, say that with me, I don't know, Naphtali. You know, sometimes, sometimes, words in the Bible are hard to pronounce. So when you're reading your Bible in the morning, just some encouragement. If you can't pronounce the word that you see, your pastor can't either. Okay? So again, if you look it up, if it concerns you, if it bothers you, you can go, you know, you can Google it. You know, get the pronunciation. Okay. That it might be fulfilled, verse 14 which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness, have seen a great light. And those who sat in the region, the shadow of death, the light has dawned. Verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, this is the, this is the phrase, this is Jesus' message wrapped up in one sentence. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Whew. Repent. There's so much wrapped up in that sentence. Repent. And we're going to talk a little bit about what repenting actually means. It's not saying, I'm sorry. It's not saying, forgive me. Repent, 
for. Why? Why repent? What's the purpose of repenting? What does it mean? And does it mean anything? Why? Because for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here now. Jesus is coming to this earth. His message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is the most important message you'll ever hear. It's the whole purpose of the gospel. You can't leave here this morning not understanding that. I want you to understand this sentence. It's the primary sentence of Jesus' message. Jesus talks about the word kingdom. He says the word kingdom 126 times in the Gospels. 126 times he used the word kingdom. 55 times in Matthew alone. So what does this kingdom mean? A king, this kingdom, God created and started a kingdom on this earth, and it starts way back in Genesis. In the beginning, God created. And he began to establish a kingdom that then was broken. There was a fall, there was sin. How many of you, every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. And so he starts this kingdom. He created this world. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over this earth, over this kingdom. He was creating a perfect kingdom. And he put them in this place called the garden. And I think, I don't know about you, but I think of the word garden. I think of my tomatoes in the back. Well, I don't even have tomatoes in the backyard. Although Eva wants me to plant some tomatoes in the backyard. I need to do that. I'm not talking about your tomato garden. I'm not even talking about zucchinis or squash or pumpkin. I'm talking about the most perfect, beautiful place you have ever seen or could ever imagine or could ever know. It was perfect. The garden was perfect. The kingdom was perfect. And the whole purpose of Jesus coming is that eventually as he comes and as he died and as he rose from the grave and as he comes again, it is to then make that kingdom perfect again. And the whole purpose of Jesus coming was for us to understand, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's coming. This is what Jesus did. This is the whole process. This is why he is here. We are meant, church, each of you, we were meant to be royal stewards of this kingdom. We were created in his image, male and female, us, them, he, them. We were created in his image. And we are to be royal stewards of this kingdom. Listen to this, I found this definition online. It says a steward is an official. You are an official. Just like I, you know, when I t tell you my story about casting out, you know, the demonic activity at the place where I work, I, we, you are a steward of the kingdom. You are a steward and you are, your purpose, your calling is to help issue in the kingdom of heaven to this earth. Until Jesus comes back again, until he establishes the perfection and the kingdom again, each and every one of us are here to help establish God's kingdom on this earth. And the Sermon on the Mount, as we walk through it, is verse by verse in how we actually do that. The way of Jesus. And it's not like the world would do it. Where do we get to the Beatitudes? It's completely opposite of what the world. Blessed are the rich, for they shall be able to pay for everything. 
Not one of the Beatitudes. But the world says, well, well, if you're rich, you must be blessed. Not true. So we're going to get into all that and begin to understand that and break through that. But a steward is an official who is appointed. Church, you are an, uh, you are an official who is appointed by God. You are appointed by the ruling monarch, to, look at this, to represent them. You are appointed steward, an official, to represent God. To represent them in the country. And it says this, and you have a mandate to govern. Church, you have a mandate to govern. That means you are called to do it. You are anointed to do it. You have been given power to do it. To rule over your family. Over the principalities and powers of darkness. Over the place where you work, your place of employment. The Bible says repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here, church. We are working on it. It's here. A mandate to govern, and I love what they, this is, this is just straight out of Google, baby. Even Google can find the truth when the truth is in the word of God, amen? To mandate to govern, it's in their name. In their name. This is what it says. A steward is represented official to mandate in the name of the official or the authority or power that you were given it. So how many of us know in the name of Jesus is how we operate. We've been given that authority and then we operate in the name of Jesus. So this perfect kingdom that God created, no fear, no pain, no sin, no disease, no lying. But as humans... And given this free choice that God has given us, Adam and Eve, just like you and I, wanted their own kingdom. Don't we want our own kingdom? We try to keep our own kingdom. They wanted their own knowledge. They wanted their own power. And then they, they of course, you know the story of the garden. They sinned in the garden. And then the rest of the Old Testament uncovers God's plan set in motion to restore this perfection. That's a, this whole Bible, from the beginning, it's God's plan for redemption of mankind, starting from the beginning all the way to the end, to restore perfection, to restore the kingdom as it was initially intended to be created. He chose Abraham to start a new line of people for this kingdom. They got enslaved, so he called Moses to free them. And then there was prophet after king and prophets and kings, some doing good, some doing bad. But none of it worked. None of it actually did what only God could do through Jesus Christ, his son. Because it says this in Isaiah, verse 9. For unto us a child is born. And I, when I read this, I want you to think of it in, this, in the terms of a kingdom. Of establishing a kingdom. And these words that the Bible uses, is, is like, it's like kingdom words. For unto us a child is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. The government of what? Like the United States government? No, the government of this kingdom of God, the family of God. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. How many of you are looking forward to where there is no end to peace? And everyone said, amen. 
<gasps> when? <laughs> right? When tomorrow? When soon, please? Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Look at those words. I mean, that is establishing a kingdom. It's talking about boundaries. It's talking about, about just like the way this thing is going to operate for everyone. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And Matthew even quotes parts of this scripture in his gospel. And Matthew also says, In the blind, the bind up, the broken heart, and the captives will be set free. Every tear will be wiped away. These are the things that Jesus came to establish. Essentially, the one who will make everything right. Come on, church. The one who will make everything right that we made wrong. Jesus. He is the one. He is the one. And through his life, his death, and his resurrected, conquering the kingdom of sin and death paves the way for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Jesus paved the way for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. For you, for me, for all of humanity for the rest of creation. And I believe this is why, and we see the Bible talks about there are signs and wonders that follow the gospel message. There are signs and wonders that follow. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the reason there's evidence is there because it needs to arrest our attention that this is something real. This is not just some words that we say. This is not just a little prayer that we pray. Well, Lord, you know, I repent of that. This is serious business this is serious stuff and then signs and wonders followed jesus wherever he went and the bible said his message was repent for the kingdom of god is at hand if you look at acts 14 verse 3 it says therefore they stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace by granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands the message of Jesus, the gospel, repent for the kingdom of God is here, comes with signs and wonders following it. And any of you know who even walked with Jesus even for a day, for a moment, there is something he is always working on. He is always doing. He is always changing. He is always, and it, when, when we avoid that, like I have done for you know the majority of my life, the best that I can, because we all don't want to go through, like, I don't want to talk about that. We talked about that this morning. We were in a a session with a couple, we were talking about how some people just, they just want to dig in, they want to get into the, they just want to feel that pain and wrestle that stuff out, and then others of us are like, repent, ooh, like we want to just take the Tylenol and avoid the pain, and the Lord is saying we have to stop doing that, the Lord is saying it is time to stop medicating with what the world has to offer. Stop medicating with the world's Tylenol. And you understand what I'm doing there. I'm not just saying Tylenol. Stop looking for things to fulfill your time and effort to distract you from what God really wants to do in your life. Because the Bible says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
this message of Jesus, and his whole life, you can see that it is all related to a kingdom. His death on the cross was what? A crown of thorns? Crown of thorns. Robes of lashes. And a sign above him that said what? King of the Jews. And his resurrection declares the victory. His resurrection, his death on the cross, in the grave for three days. And then God raising him from the dead. Raising him from the grave declares victory that put into motion the restoration of all things. The restoration of that grief that you walked in here with today. The restoration of that lost loved one that you can't wait to see when you get to heaven to see them again. He is the one who put into motion the restoration of all things. And I'll tell you what, church, that's good news. That's the gospel. That's the message. Jesus came proclaiming the good news. He proclaimed that the kingdom of God is at hand. And I asked you that question in the beginning. You know, did Jesus come teaching that, you know, how to live a good life? Well, yeah. He gave us some instruction on how to live a good life, but that's not his primary message. He taught us how to love one another. He taught us how to get along, how to deal with anger, how to do all these things, but his primary message was nothing more than repent for the kingdom of God is here. So what does this word repent mean? What does this word repent actually uh, look like? I don't know if I put this up on the slide or not. Do I have a slide on there that says repent? Okay, repent. It means to turn away. It means to actually physically turn away from the thing that is you have an idol in front of God. It actually means to turn away from it. And in our own human flesh, this is hard to do. Because we enjoy sometimes that thing. It brings us some, sometimes it brings us some comfort. Sometimes it brings us all kinds of different things. But what the God is saying to us today, he is saying to actually turn away from it. Not just say, I'm sorry for that. Please forgive me for that. That is all just part of the process of repentance. But repentance actually means to turn away from something. To actually say and look and say, I am now that I know what I know, and I understand what Jesus has done, and I understand his love for me, I am choosing to turn away from this world. I'm choosing to live a life differently. Because if you truly know and you truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said that he did, you have to look at yourself and say, I, just, I need to turn away from the things of this world. This repent means to think differently, to act differently. Now that I know, I must change. And it's a process of repentance. We turn away, and the enemy doesn't want you to turn away. The enemy is tempting you back. The Bible says that the enemy will continue to tempt you back into this, and you have to stand firm and stand strong and say, I will turn away and continue to turn away and run away and resist the devil, and he will flee from me. We said this morning, too, one of the best ways you can do that, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and if you're not, you can be today, I will pray with you afterwards up here. Pastor Andy and I, he's got a special anointing. He didn't realize it, but he's got a special anointing to lay hands on people and see them baptized with the Holy Spirit. Using your prayer language in those situations has so much power that you don't even realize. 
in the midst of temptation, in the midst of a fight, in the midst of a challenge, in the midst of something going on at work or at school or wherever you are, you begin to speak and pray in your prayer language underneath, underneath even your voice so that you, it's not like you're, yeah, I now go to work and start speaking in my prayer language, you know, on the top of my desk. When you begin to pray in your prayer language, circumstances begin to change. The atmosphere begins to move. And part of this repenting and understanding how to do that is, okay, I've repented, but now what do I do? Because I feel like I'm getting drawn back. And these are the tools that God has given you. You begin to pray and speak in your prayer language, and he gives you the strength, he gives you the power, he gives you the ability that is of him, not of your own striving, so that you can actually continue to turn away from that. In layman's terms, entering into the kingdom means having Jesus turn your whole life upside down and inside out. And this whole Sermon on the Mount is him doing that line by line. And we'll begin to get into that uh, next week. This is what Jesus came to do. His teachings, primarily this Sermon on the Mount, the primary purpose is to form us into a different kind of people. Not a worldly people, but to walk in the way of Jesus. To walk as Jesus walked, to walk in his way. It's to turn around our old lives, our old habits, old kingdoms, and turn them to him. The rest of Matthew 4 says this, starting in verse 18. Jake, if you want to come up here, bud. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And verse 20. Immediately, immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately they turned from what they were doing. They turned from the ways and habits that were comfortable to them. And they turned to Jesus. Verse 21. Going on from there. He saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. This is a picture of repentance, guys. It's a picture of turning away, of leaving a previous life and going to a new life in Jesus. That's Jesus' primary message. Repent, turn away from the ways of the world, from the salvation that cannot be found in the world and turn to him where only salvation can be found. Just bow your heads with me this morning. Our response to this message today Our response to this message today is, what are things in my life that I need to repent from? What are things in my life and where I am not living out how God has asked me to live out? What are the things that I have to turn away from and run to Jesus? What net just like those fishermen. What net are you holding on to? 
that Jesus says this morning, come and follow me. That you need to drop that net right where it lies and leave it in that boat and get out of the comfort zone that you've been living in and follow him. Just want you to think on that just for a moment. I actually want you to picture yourself this morning. You know, whatever it is that you're holding on to, if it's, it could be whatever, it could be a relationship, could be a job, could be whatever it might be. It could be a sin that you've been entangled with that has just been plaguing you. The Bible says, repent for the kingdom of God is here. And I want you to physically just picture yourself laying that thing down at the feet of Jesus. Just laying it down. And then turning away from it. Not Jesus, of course, but turning away from that thing that has ensnared you. Whatever it might be this morning, we're going to surrender that to him. So Lord, as we are doing that this morning, we just ask, Lord, that this act of repentance this morning, this act of turning away, Lord, that we do it in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you have come, lived, died, and rose again for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, that we would understand that your kingdom is at hand. And Father, that as when we leave this place today, and as we turn from the things that have been ensnaring us or been entrapping us or things that we need to shed from our lives, as we turn from those things, Lord, the result is that we are bringing your kingdom to this earth. That as we forgive we're bringing your kingdom to this earth. As we stand up for someone who doesn't have a voice, we are bringing your kingdom to this earth. When we're choosing faith over fear, we're bringing your kingdom to this earth. I don't normally do this, but I just want us all, keep, you can keep your eyes closed and head bowed. I want us to say the Lord's Prayer together. It is something in the Sermon on the Mount. We'll get there when we individually look at those verses. I felt led this morning that we should just say this together. Okay, one, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespassed against us.
Lead us not into, I'm, I'm waiting to hear people, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for your kingdom. Jesus, we thank you for making a way to the Father. So, Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. And, Lord, as we get into this Sermon on the Mount, this series, Lord, that you would just really touch our hearts with understanding more of who you are, understanding deeper the ways in which you've called us to bring your kingdom to this earth. And we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. So as we close this morning, we'll have some prayer teams that are up here. Uh, even as I'm talking, if you guys could come up to the front, uh, we, we can pray for you. Remember, if I said if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we can pray that you receive that today. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've never said the initial, I repent and turn away from trying to find salvation in this world, and I'm turning to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Come up here and get prayer. We want to pray with you because Jesus wants to do a work in your life. And if you've got a prayer request for anything else, these teams up here will be able to pray with you. And as we close, I want to send you with this benediction. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen and amen. We love you guys. Come up and get prayer. Otherwise, you are dismissed.